Hi there, I've invited you to be a guest speaker on one of my networking groups. And are you saying, oh wow, that's an amazing opportunity. I get to get access to people that, new friends that I haven't met yet. Um, oh my gosh, this is gonna be so much fun. And then you, it's like a car screeching. You come to a stop and you put your hands on the on the wheel and go, what have I done? What have I done? I'm not a public speaker. Oh my gosh. Well, if that's you, then I've invited you to be part of my networking group. And I am here to hold your hand. If you need that, I'm going to give you some, uh, actually five tips on things that you can do to prepare yourself and feel in complete control. The five tips are, Acknowledge and admit and be okay with the fact that you're not a public speaker. It's okay. And the reason I've asked you to do this is because you have a special message. You have a light inside of you that I've seen, a twinkle in your eye, and I've said, hey, I would love to have you because I absolutely would not invite you if I didn't think you have an amazing message, if I didn't think you had the ability I would never put you in a compromising position and I would never let anybody bully you or make you feel shame or blame. So that should feel like a comforting safety net. Okay, so imagine you have a safety net, right? You're about to jump off a cliff, so to speak, but there's a safety net there. So it's right there and it's solid and it's solid as a rock and it will catch you. So you don't have to jump, but just in case you decided to jump, there's your safety net. So your safety net, public speaking, at my networking group, that's what I guarantee you. I will never, ever invite you to something and then be witness you being any of the bad things that you think might happen. I have quite literally been a stage production manager at the some live shows, and my job way back then was to push people out on the stage, celebrities. And so I would be in the right wing or the, the left wing of a TV show dressed in black, totally not the person going on stage or about to, but I would be coaching and working with like Art Linkletter and Marie Osmond and famous people. And I'd be talking to them saying, you're amazing. You're going to be great. And they would be dealing with all kinds of things, butterflies in the tummy, self-doubt. Oh, I can't do this. And I would be the person reminding them, you're super famous. You're amazing. You've done this a million times. You're da, 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 and coaching them quite literally. As soon as the light would go on, the green light, which was my cue to curtains open, I would say, you're on. Go be a star. And they would turn their whole persona and their whole light would come on. And that is what I've seen in you somewhere along our conversation or some somewhere along the way i've seen greatness in you and i would not put you in a position for failure so first off the bat i got to tell you 90 percent of doing anything in life is showing up so if you show up to the invitation of a guest speaker spot in any one of my networking events know that somebody like me who's not anybody famous but I've had 30 years of Toastmasters training, which means I have taken people through the very beginning stages of stage fright to curtains up, celebrity ready style people, uh, whatever, curtain ready people that are you know famous people and everybody in between. So when I ask somebody, I do it very mindfully 
thoughtfully. I always do it with a lot of forethought. And I will never do it for somebody or ask somebody to speak in front of a group of mine who's not ready. I will never do that. In fact, I've actually invited somebody who, um, I'll just say Laurie, because there's so many Lauries in the world, she'll never know that I'm pinpointing her. Although she's so cool that I'm sure she would be okay, because she's also a toasty, a toastmaster. She came to one of the events, complete stranger, and she was about to get up because she signed up. Remember, you sign up for something, you say yes to something, 90% of getting that mark, that check mark, you've succeeded, 90% is showing up. And she showed up. So, but she didn't know the 90-10 rule. She didn't know that. But I, as a trained Toastmasters speaker, I saw the fear because it was quite easy to see. She she went from, um, you know, a beautiful shade of um, her normal color, skin tone color, to almost red as my, as a stop sign. She was, I could see she was in panic mode. I was sitting in the audience. I did not know her. And I very gracefully, tactfully stood up went to the back of the room. This is a room of about 30 people. Went to the back of the room and not making any noise or scene. And I went over and I, again, a complete stranger. And I, and I looked at her. She looked at me. There was a speaker talking, so we shouldn't be talking. It was silent. It was a silent act. And I looked at her and she looked at me and she recognized I, I, I did that sort of, I see you're panicked. And I sort of mouthed or whispered to her, can I hold your hand? Or do you want me to hold your hand? And she looked at me and she and she started to like the beat, the sweat started to come down her, for, her forehead. She was about to be the speaker, but she knew that she wasn't going to give up because the exit sign was right behind us. So she could easily have gone and left the room. She could have easily said, I'm not feeling well. The washroom was also down the hallway. And so that would be a perfect excuse. She had four exit signs that she could leave. She had all of the, but she stayed but I could tell she was on the verge of leaving. So, or panicking or having a meltdown, the poor, and we've all been there. I've been there also many, many a times. So I took a breath and I said to her, whispered into her ear, can I hold your hand? Or would you like to hold my hand? She grabbed my hand in that instant and started to squeeze my hand like someone who was about to maybe give birth or something that I could imagine. I don't know, but it started getting stronger and stronger. And I'm like, just hold on, Tracy. It's okay. I got this. She's squeezing my hand so hard. If I was, if my hand was an orange, it would, I would be orange juice. Let's put it that way. But I said it, I stuck to it and 90% is showing up and I was showing up for her because she was showing up to do her icebreaker speech, which is our, it's our very first speech at any Toastmasters meeting. But I know as a Toastmasters and as a coach, that's the hardest thing. That's the very most difficult thing for any Toastmasters to go through is do their icebreaker speech. It's the very first speech. And some people take a year and I actually saw one guy take two years. And I would always say the same thing. Don't go before you're ready. Don't do it until you feel inspired. Don't do it until you have courage. And I'll tell you about courage later, how to get that easy five steps to do that. And it's not you. It's getting five buddies to sit in the front row and cheer you on. That's it. It's pretty simple. But when you have five buddies in the front row cheering you on and you get up there and you talk to them, you feel like you're in a living room. It's a great way to get up and do your icebreaker. But she didn't have that. And I knew that. So I went ahead and hold, held her hand. 
And as the MC was getting ready to introduce number two, Laurie, the guest speaker for her very first time doing her icebreaker, I said, well, you got about 30 seconds, honey, before they're going to call you up. So now her hand got even stronger and stronger. I said, do you want me to come up with you? She just looked at me and a tear came down her cheek. I took that as a yes. So we, her and I, hand in hand, walked up to the stage. I gently stood behind her, one step behind her, holding her hand, and again her hand, when I didn't think could get stronger and squeezing my hand even more, she did. But I did it because 90% of doing anything is showing up. So I was showing up for my friend Lori, again a complete stranger, only five minutes ago. She started to talk. And she knew I had my, she knew she had a life, a life preserver, a life jacket, a safety blanket, me holding her hand. I told her I wouldn't let go until she was ready. She went into her icebreaker speech. She continued to talk. She was sort of nervous. Her voice was kind of doing that. So I squeezed back her hand as if to suggest, keep going. You got this. I won't let go. When you have somebody holding your hand, either quite literally in that case, or somebody from afar that knows you're doing the speech, speech for, for example, and is gonna call you after, or maybe with the miracle of Zoom now, is on the call with you, cheering you on, rooting, rooting for you. Maybe because you've done a whole bunch of rehearsals with them beforehand, two and three times, and you feel good and comfortable. My point is, when I ask you to be a guest speaker of something, look at it as an opportunity for massive growth and having someone hold your hand because I will do that for you. I hope this helps inspire you to show up knowing that you'll get 90% out of 100 just for showing up. So imagine what you can do with that extra 10%. Until next time, this is Tracy with Anchor.fm and I hope this inspires you to show up.